0: On Monday night, January 2nd, 13 million people thought they were going to a football game and ended up at a prayer meeting. As the Bills and the Bengals game was interrupted by 24-year-old DeMar Hamlin collapsing on the field in the first quarter after nine minutes having cardiac arrest, his heart stopped and we are told he died on the field. There were nine minutes into the game when the tragedy struck and then the miraculous happened. While medics worked on him, America had a prayer meeting. One hundred millionaires that were on that field knew at that time that their money can't fix DeMar's heart. But praying to God can The NFL stopped the game. was a great call and, 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 no, and suspended the game. But as they prayed, and as those medics began to work on him, his heart began to beat again. And we're so thankful that even now they're calling, they're saying it's a miracle. They said there is no neurological damage. His heart is beating. He is talking again. It's a miracle. There are three things that I learned from Monday Night Football. On January 2nd, 2023. Don't worry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach from the Word, but just let me tell you what I've learned from that Monday night game. Number one, money can't fix our nation, only prayer. Instinctively, people pray when there is disaster and distress. As I said, millionaire athletes fell to their knees because that's what their heart told them. Some of the richest, Young men in America on that field and in that stadium began to pray. Think about this. We have already proven whether it was DeMar and we needed a miracle. Folks, this country needs it. We we can't even vote right for a Speaker of the House in Congress. 15 votes setting a 100-year precedent. Folks, the richest and the most powerful people need help. And the bottom line is, we need gods. That's the bottom line. Second thing I learned was this. When it comes to life and death, all the laws that man has made to keep prayer and God out are out the door. Let me just tell you this, folks. When those people started praying, no one thought about ESPN, NFL or the FCC or the Supreme Court, they said, we need God at this moment. That's what happened. It's amazing that the next day on ESPN, while DeMar was still in ICU, ex-NFLer and commentator Dan Orlovsky, right on live TV on ESPN said, I know we're talking about praying, but I'd like to pray right now. And he started to pray and said, God, we come to you and we believe you are God. We pray for healing for Demar because you're the only one that can heal him. And listen, I may not be that big of a football fan. I, I saw this from a friend last night. What did the, what did the NFL and ESPN and every, every group that, that try to separate church from state? It was amazing. Last night, before the Jaguars and the Titans played, you had a 100 players kneel at the 50-yard line to thank God for what he has done and the miracle that he has performed in his life. It was fantastic. And finally, I realized that our nation can be brought to their knees in one single moment. One single moment. That's how fast Revival can come. we, We have to be ready because when an awakening comes, that mercy moment happens, it happens suddenly. It happens when no one expects it. It happens. It can break out at a football game and it can happen not on a Sunday, but it can happen on a Monday. See, but what happens is this. When a nation stops listening to God, God will find a way to get our attention. I I, want to encourage you for a moment to to listen to our general overseer, Pastor Carter Conlon's sermon from last Wednesday's worldwide prayer meeting called Everything Can Change in a Heartbeat. I I was so moved and and challenged by this, but knowing that God used even what seemed to be a tragedy, God is going to use it In such a way to awaken hearts and souls can can we stop for a moment just a moment I'd like to pray for DeMar Hamlin right now can can we just pray with for him father I thank you that you have this young man talking again the the neurologist said that that this man is in excellent condition he's talking to his team God I thank you for his healing I thank you for an awakening that I'm believing is going to come to the NFL I pray, start right here in New York City at the corporate offices. Work your way down. Touch every player, every management, every GM, every owner. That God, we're thanking you for that you have touched and healed Damar. And we continue to pray that he would be a testimony of the miraculous power of God. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I believe God is going to use another language to get the attention of our country. What we were about to face, we don't even realize it. They are, we are now being warned about a new Omicron subvariant. It's called XBB 1.5, they said it is spreading like wildfire across the country. And in fact, while Monday Night Football was happening, no one even paid attention that Putin and Russia deployed. A nuclear ship into the Atlantic Ocean. It is fit with what they call the hypersonic missile that is now going to go into the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean. It says it has an existing anti-missile defense. It says it flies nine times faster than the speed of sound and can begin to go more than 620 miles and Putin has already began to send out a warning of its conventional strike capability allowing all of its enemies to know, including the U.S., that it's now sailing in the Atlantic Ocean, just hundreds of miles away from the eastern board. It's amazing what distress and difficulty and disaster will make us do. It'll make people turn to God. But it's not God's plan, but it's God's patience with us when he uses distress, difficulty, and disaster. It's not his plan, but it's his patience. Manasseh is the story I want to talk to you about today. It's the story about a powerful king who would not listen to God speak. And God began to use a different language to begin to speak to this king. Let me tell you what the language was. I call it the language of hooks and chains. The language of hooks and chains. Because you are going to see America's story and Manasseh's story. You're going to see it very clearly. Let me read 2nd Chronicles 33:10 to you. It says the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So therefore the Lord the Lord brought the commanders of the armies of the king of Assyria against him and against them and they captured Manasseh. Here it comes, with hooks, bound him with bronze chains and took him to about there's hooks and chains. They wouldn't listen in verse 10, God sends an enemy, sends hooks and chains, brings them into captivity, and here it comes, church. When he was in, Manasseh was in distress, he entreated, he prayed to the Lord God, his God, humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And here's what it says, when he prayed to him, God was moved by his entreaty, heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem, to his kingdom. Here it is. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. At that moment, he knew he was God. Manasseh ignored God until life became difficult. Until Manasseh's power and his resources couldn't fix his situation. Sounds like a Monday night football game, doesn't it? When your resources and your finances, when the best in the business and the medical field can't fix a situation, people will instinctively call upon God. Is God angry with this? No, church. Listen, C.S. Lewis notes that it's gracious, the graciousness of God to respond even when we turn to him in a desperate situation. Lewis calls this divine humility. In fact, he says God is not proud He will have us though we have shown we prefer everything else to him. God still welcomes us back to him. Sometimes no one really knows what lurks beneath the ocean until things begin to shake it up. And I was reading the story of a few years ago that an April earthquake in the region of the Solomon Islands shook loose the bottom of the ocean. And it loosened a World War II torpedo boat, a PT boat, was loosened from the shaking of an earthquake that has rested on the ocean floor for almost 75 years. The bolt's hull was intact. It said all of its explosives were there. Even the torpedoes were all there. And here's what's amazing. Who knows what a good shaking on earth can unearth? What I mean is this. Who knew that underneath such a wretched disobedience of Manasseh there would be a humble man that when God shook his world, humility would come up like that ship did from the ocean floor. And that's why I'm telling you, to some of you that are sitting here and some of you that are watching around New York City and even around the world, God is speaking now to us. God is speaking today. And the Bible constantly warns us not to treat the voice of God lightly. In fact, Three times, I was reading this in the book of Hebrews, three times in the book of Hebrews, God is addressing Christians that have lost their way. Christians that have treated the voice of God lightly. Three times God keeps coming and saying, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In Hebrews 3.8. 3.15, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Again in 4.7, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. It's God speaking, it's telling us to take notice of God's today voice when he's speaking to us. Don't don't walk away when God's even trying to talk to you right now. As somehow you ended up in this church and in this sanctuary, God is gonna speak to you today. Pay attention to his today's voice. The nation of Israel and their leaders would not pay attention to God's today voice. And they would maybe pay attention If God used another language, hooks and chains, brings them into Babylon. And here's what's amazing. What happened to Manasseh when God used hooks and chains? You read it. It says this. When he was in distress, he entreated the Lord. The distress, the difficulty brought him to his knees. He humbled himself. And then it says this. And here's the part I want you to hear. When he prayed to him, he was moved By this prayer, God was. He heard his supplication. And here's the part that's amazing. Brought him again to Jerusalem, to his kingdom. And Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. That last phrase that folks just kept coming to me was this. That the greatest thing that Manasseh received when he prayed was not his throne back, but his knowledge that the Lord was God's. He got his throne back, but that wasn't the greatest gift. The greatest gift was to know that he is God. And folks, I'm telling you, there is a shaking that is coming to our country. I want you to hear this now. theres I don't care what, I'm telling you, a shaking is coming to this country. It will unearth, I believe, like the bottom of that ocean, multitudes, multitudes that will cry out to God again, like Manasseh that the shaking is going to bring men back to God in our country. And I believe today that God is going to use the same language with us that he used with Manasseh, that we have refused to pay attention from the highest levels. We have refused to pay attention in the courts and in the highest courts of this land. We have refused to pay attention to God when he is speaking in our schools and our universities. We have paid no attention But I'm telling you, there is coming a time that the mercy moment of God, he will use a different language, but he's going to call men back to himself. He is going to call people back to themselves, back to himself. I want TSC to be ready when our country starts to pray again. And we realize it can happen on a Monday night when nobody expected it that people start praying again. Here's what I've learned. Predicting a flood is coming is not enough. We need to build an ark when the flood is about to come. Just because you can say bad things are coming, that's not enough. We gotta say, God, what are you asking us to build to be ready when the flood comes? In Times Square Church, I want us to get ready to build an ark in the storm that's coming. It was the woman who couldn't see and she couldn't hear. Helen Keller said it like this. She said, the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight, but they have no vision. God, give us vision. Let us not just look, but God, give us a vision for what's coming. On Christmas Day, you saw what took place on the screen. We had the opportunity to feed 1,500 families here at Times Square Church on Christmas Day. Can I tell you? And here's where vision comes in in building the ark. I had progressive church leaders that were telling me, don't do a church service on Christmas Day. People will not come to church on Christmas Day. And something in me just goes, Well, isn't this the reason why we have church? Because Jesus was born, and you're saying, don't do it on his day, because people want to be with their family and they won't come to church. Can I? And, and then I had a whole nother group of, of religious people that were blasting us for giving coats, toys, and Christmas dinner to immigrant families. I'm just letting you know. Blasting us. Because we were giving, giving away to immigrant families. Can I just tell you, when we opened the doors on Christmas Day, we had no idea what to expect. And at 10.30, we had to shut the doors because we were violating the fire marshal. Because it was so jam-packed in this place that if that I'm just telling you. If we, would have, if we would have listened to what everybody else is saying, we would have shut church down. And if we would have listened to the religious voices, we wouldn't have fed 1,500 people. I talked with our hospitality department. They said, we ordered food for 1,200, and we ended up feeding over 1,500. And the only way we know how that can happen is that we have a God that multiplies fishes and loaves. I don't know about you, but I want to build an ark. I want to build an ark. I want God to prepare us for what's happening. I want to just show you something very quickly of why this is important. Zechariah's vision, Zechariah had a vision of a lampstand and two olive trees in the book of Zechariah. I want to just read to you very quickly, show you what God is asking us to do, just a little bit from this passage. It says that the angel who was speaking with me returned and roused me as a man who is awakened from his sleep. And this is what he said. He said, What do you see, Zechariah? He said, I see a lampstand, all of gold in its bowl at the top of it, and it's seven lampstands. He sees a lampstand, and, and, and this is what he says then. He says, I also see two olive trees by it. This is the provider for the oil for the lampstand. I see two olive trees that can provide the oil for the lampstand, one on the right and one on the left. Here's what's amazing. As I began to see this, he said, Then I said to the angel who was speaking to me, what are these, my Lord? Now, church, stop there for just a moment. Because what I'm about to lay out can't is, is so important for where, where we're going. Because this is so important that what we're seeing. Because for the past two decades, the church in America has told you how to get a lamp stand. Told you about the systems, and this is what you need to do to have a church, and a growing church. And I want you to listen. Leaders that are watching online, We've heard for 20 years, get a lampstand. You need to do these things and do this and get this in place and get this. But the danger is this, you can have a structure but if you don't have the oil, then it doesn't work. You can sit there and say, here's the plan. But if there's no oil to fill the lampstand, then all you have is a dying structure that doesn't have the Holy Spirit that is able to light that thing up. The lampstand may be glorious looking, but church, I don't want a lampstand. I need a lit lampstand that the oil and fresh oil from heaven is coming down and doing something powerful. And it comes to a point, I speak to leaders, it's come to a point that we've had enough of lampstand conferences, we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit again, even in our country. Church in America has tried to light the lampstand with strange fire. When you have no oil, then you become reckless and sensational. Is one church that, to, to get people on, folks, I'm, I, I was sent this. One church, in order to get people on Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection, serves alcoholic drinks that you can get after church. There's no oil in that lamp. There's not an oil in that lamp. You've chosen the reckless and the sensational, thinking that's going to bring in people. And and even the Apostle Paul says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're about to enter into a season where the olive tree, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, needs to be connected with the lampstand. Don't fall in love with an object. Don't fall in love with a system. Don't fall in love with just four points. Fall in love with an outpouring of God. I'm not against having order in a lampstand, but it doesn't work if there's no oil from the Holy Spirit. That's why, you ready for this? That's why he said to him, he said, so the angel who was speaking with me, here's the rest of the verse, who was speaking to me said these things, what are these, my Lord? Here it comes, church. He says, so the angel who was speaking to me says, do you know what these are? And he said, no, my Lord. Here it comes, church. He said, this is the word of the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. What he was talking about was this. He says, in order to see a lit lampstand, it doesn't come by might. It doesn't come by power, but it comes by the Holy Spirit of God. I want to speak to you. This is going to be a message that I'm telling, I want to speak to you personally as your pastor for the next few moments. Because God has positioned us as a church that we are praying for God, fill this lampstand. God, don't let the fire go out. Don't let us get lukewarm. For not only here on 51st and Broadway, but for you in the UK, the Philippines, those in Zimbabwe, in Swaziland, those in Barbados and Puerto Rico, may the fire of God never go out on us. Those in the Philippines and those in Italy and France, may the fire of God. But I want to speak to you for just a moment, Times Square Church. Now, this church was set aside as from the start with David Wilkerson and then Pastor Carter Conlin. One of our TSC leaders was on the phone with a pastor from a church in America. And he talked about the lampstands that are missing oil. I want to read to you what he said to one of our leaders. And I need you to hear this. I'm just reading the words that were sent to me. This is what this leader said from a church in America. He said, We all know who TSC is. We know who David Wilkerson is and Carter Conlon is. And now we know your new pastor. You're a unique church for a unique purpose. Listen to this you're not born out of a denomination or a campus growth model like we are. Don't become like us clones stuck in a mode where everyone looks and acts and talks the same. We all have the same screens, the same music, and the same lights. We even dress the same. And then he said this, so many of us do church, and then we privately watch Times Square Church and listen to the sermons. Please don't do us. The world and lots of pastors needs Times Square Church to stay the course. To stay the course. So I want to tell you the course that we're on. I want to speak to you a vision. I want to speak to you what what we feel, the leadership feels, from our general overseer to myself to our board and our elders. In these next, especially this year, how many remember growing up in a church singing a song in children's church called Deep and Wide? Anybody remember that song With with all the motions to it? I want to talk to you about going deep and wide for a billion souls. Deep and wide. Deep and wide. Times Square Church, I want to talk to you about a 2023 vision that God has put on my heart, and this is just for this year alone, just for this year, but I think it's going to take us further. This is my definition of what vision is. I want you to just jot this down. I think vision is the ability to see beyond the present and more than the majority. Let me say that again. It's the ability to see beyond this moment, this present, but also to see more than the majority. And when you have vision, it makes it easier to say no to things. So many have tried to get TSC and myself to expend energy and resources on things that will distract us from what's ahead. God has given us a real-time voice to the nations. That's why we welcome them and we love them, these nations, and still figuring out the best way we can, those that are watching online, that's why we're trying to figure out those in Italy and those in Germany, those who are in Kenya watching and those in Nigeria that are joining with us today, those that are watching from down in Chile, and those that are watching from Barbados, we're trying. We're learning the best way to make you feel connected, to make you feel apart, to get you to serve in your communities. The last week we began, you prayed for, it, and God is even opening up the doors as we started our first monthly meeting in the United Nations this week, meeting with people from the United Nations from all different countries. But let me. Let me launch for you, let me give to you, and I want you to write this down. And I know this is gonna be challenged, and that's why we started. It, let, let me give you an interesting. so you're not gonna see this on the screen. This is what I've learned over the years. Max Lucato said it best. He said, if you want to lead the orchestra, you have to turn your back to the audience. And sometimes you're gonna get, you're gonna hear words and everything, but this is me, I believe, that the Holy Spirit is gonna help us. You see, let me tell you what's happening. Let me get you, I want you to write, I want you to get this down because let me tell you about four or five things that's being launched here in 2023. Number one, we are launching four new language YouTube channels to the world that will reach about 4.6 billion people. Here it comes. The first one to launch has already launched. Let me explain to you what launched today. Now, you have to forgive me. N Times Square Church, Hablamos Español. (laughs) TSC launched this weekend TSC Spanish version that will be able to reach Central and South America. And it's all, folks, it's not, it's not subsequent. In fact, let me show to you what just launched this week. Look at the screen. This is what launched. You'll type in the TSC.NYC Español, and this is what's going to begin to show up. And you're not going to believe the way I sound. I am fluent. Watch. El martes por la noche, tuvimos el privilegio de escuchar a Gary Wilkerson, quien lidera World Challenge para aquellos que no conocen esta iglesia hace más de 30 años. Fue fundada por David Wilkerson, el autor de La Cruz y el Puñal. Y su hijo predicó aquí. That... Central and South America comprises of 1.3 billion people that we are going to have the opportunity Here it comes. Get ready because you need to hear these numbers. In the next three months, here it comes, and we're we're believing for God to help us on this. In the next three months, we're working out the kinks. We We launch then the next TSC YouTube channel. It'll be TSC China. In Chinese, we'll be sending Times Square Church into China, China has 1.5 billion people. Folks, then after that, it's already being prepared. We already have our interpreters. And in a few months after that, it will be TSC Arabic for the Middle East. And we'll be sending, a, touching a half a billion people. And then within the next six months, folks, it's TSC India. We are going to get ready to touch another 1.3 billion people. And here's what's amazing. After, as we're going for, four, for a billion souls, just in those four YouTube channels, that be then becomes 4.6, almost 5 billion people that we get ready to reach even this year. That every Sunday the message goes out. It begins to go out in Arabic, Chinese. It goes out in the Indian dialect, and it goes out in Spanish, and that happens this year, and we are thankful for what God is doing. We are going to places like this, and we need to update even technology, though Times Square Church is one of the most updated technological advances in church. We were going to be cutting edge, and here's what happens this year. We are sending TSC services into the prison system. It happens this year. I, I want to read this to you. We are planning on putting our streaming system in the jails in the New York City area. And so we are going to have to give every inmate and every prisoner the opportunity to watch Times Square Church live, no matter where position they are in their life, it starts this year in the months to come. That's why, church, this is so important. That's why we launched Next Steps online before we launched it even in person, because we knew that the people that we needed to get right, we needed to get this right for online. Next steps for those that are watching online is to help people on their spiritual journey, those who have become new converts, and we are still working on that. That's why we're launching it, and even launching Next Steps Live that's coming here in the next couple months. But I also want to announce something else that's going to be happening, not only for what we're doing with YouTube channels and not only what we're doing in the prisons, but I want to announce something else that happens and starts in February, It's probably one of the biggest ark builders to help with the harvest of souls. This is going to be one of the most important things, and I will do it for both services on Sunday, and it's called Biblical Worldview A to Z. Let me explain to you what this is. We need to equip you, and we need to equip the church globally with a biblical worldview, not a church worldview, a biblical worldview of what this Bible says. Listen to me. The new Barna study that just came out says 9% of identifying Christians in our country don't even hold to a biblical worldview. That means 90% of Christians don't even hold to what the Bible says anymore. Listen to this. They said that 72% argue that everyone's basically good. No one's a sinner. They said this. 40% contend that the Holy Spirit is not real, but just a symbol. 40%. 64%. Of all the Christian faiths, 64% of the church says all religious faiths are equal. 58% says that if you're good enough, that'll get you to heaven. And 57% of those that believe in Christianity also believe in karma. Folks, come on. We gotta get back to what the word of God has to tell us. Now, folks, I'm telling you, for 26 weeks, A to Z, we are going to equip you with the world view at the 10 and at the one o'clock service. Which means, what does that mean? I will take every letter of the alphabet and give you one of the big rocks of how we need to understand the scripture. What's A, the atonement, the centrality of the cross, why Christ died for humanity. B, the Bible, where it came from, why we believe it to be the word of God. C, creation versus evolution. Why the first verse in the Bible is not a fairy tale and why it matters. D, the devil and spiritual warfare. We don't fight flesh and blood, but we have an enemy. Folks, that's just the first four letters. You need to be here, get ready, get equipped because we believe God is going to equip his church once again for what's coming. 26 weeks, you're going to need to come with pen and paper to be equipped. In fact, we are hiring an editor, and the end will be a book, a video series, a podcast, and it will be curriculum for connect groups around the country and around the world. It will help us to get ready for what we want to do, um, even on Easter, which I'm going to announce in just a second. So here's what's amazing. I want to talk to you about Easter in 2023. Um, Guess what letter falls on Easter? J-J. Guess who we're going to talk about on Easter? No, not Jonah. God, this is why we have to talk about worldview. Jesus is what we'll talk about. And let me just tell you something. We are getting ready for for one of the most, I mean, Pastor Carter sensed it when they did uh, prayer in the square, but we are right now in the process of getting ready to do Easter for New York City which means we're wanting to bring the resurrection message beyond these doors on our Easter Sunday. Hopefully, we're not going to see you in this building. Our goal is to say, can we do Easter service in Central Park or in Lincoln Square and bring the message of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus to the entire city of New York? Folks... So from Palm Sunday to Good Friday, we'll do our outreach with screen song and stage the choir. And then on Easter Sunday, our goal is to bring the message. Whether, Whether we can get Times Square, Lincoln Center, or Central Park, we want to begin to set up an opportunity to let people know, J, Jesus lives. Finally, let me tell you about, this doesn't mean get your keys, this is just finally for what we're doing, so just sit tight. Finally, for 2023, let me tell you the story about the Apollo 11. I remember where I was watching TV in 1969 in Farmingdale, New York, it was at my aunt and uncle's home, watching on a black and white TV. I was seven years old when the Apollo 11 landed on the moon. It was NASA's mission that they thought was absolutely impossible. Started by President John Kennedy, who began to introduce technology and new people to the world to do the impossible. Here's what's amazing. I was reading the story that those that were associated with the Apollo 11, all of the leaders were pushing back against it to put a man on the moon. And here's what they did. You know that the average age of Houston control was 27 years old. The average age of those people that were sitting behind those screens as they were launching a ship that they've never done before, landing on the moon where they've never done before, to hear the words, one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind, never thought they would get to, and they put young people behind the controls. They took the 40 plus year olds and said, we want you to be mentors, we want you to be guidance for them and let them these young people that have just gotten out of MIT only 5 years out of college for some of them these engineers and math majors they've worked on this thing called a computer that the world didn't even know about just was for the the elite and all of a sudden they realized that these young people had the audacity and worked that worked in their favor and thought the impossible and this is what the story said just 13 minutes before Neil Armstrong was going to land, they were about to abort the mission. And this is what it said. We didn't want to lose Neil Armstrong and his crew. It was the toughest period of the mission was the landing. And they said it was a 23-year-old named Jack Garman who stood up and said, we can put him on the moon. And they said a 23-year-old kid, when everyone else assumed we should stop, was, this is what the, the article says, was when we assumed we should stop, he said we should finish, and this 23-year-old kid was as cool as a cucumber and put him on the moon. Let me just tell you something. I do believe God is going to be start to raise up a church with, these, with this audacious faith, with these young people. And that's why I want you to know, and I, and I want to keep this forever in front of you, sometimes we forget And I want you to remember how important We are going to take take resources and invest in the next generation. And let me tell you where we're going to start. We're going to start with Summit International School of Ministry. Some of you don't even realize this. That is the Bible college of Times Square Church. That is the Bible college where what's amazing is this. That 70% of our student population are international from countries all over the world. And after they graduate, our accredited school, our ministry school, many of them go back to their country. We are equipping them to go back into their nation, to go back into those places. Folks, that's why where we broadcast the worldwide prayer meeting that our general overseer, Pastor Carter, leads us, and he'll lead us again this Wednesday night in prayer, it comes right from our Summit campus, just right outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania, a gorgeous campus that David Wilkerson saw decades ago that right now Dr. Teresa Conlin is pouring into this next generation. These students have a calling and many of them go back into their nation. And that's why I'm telling you folks, these are the ones that we need to be investing in as we begin to move forward. I haven't even mentioned what Pastor Carter and some of these grads and some of the students and faculty are doing around the world. This spring and summer, they are getting ready to go. Ready for this? They're going to the center of the Ukrainian war. Pastor Carter is taking a team into Kiev and they're going to encourage the pastors and the churches in that country as they begin to bring. Because we have such a number of Ukrainian students that are out of school. I told this to a pastor. I told this to a pastor. I said, we're getting ready to go. And his words to me was, you mean after the war stops. I said, who knows if it's going to stop. He wasn't thinking about landing on the moon, but we have crazy kids at that campus that want to land on the moon for the kingdom of God. They want to land there for the kingdom of God. It's amazing. And I'm watching God is changing the cast on this next journey. Isn't it amazing that when the Apostle Paul goes on the first missionary journey into Asia, he brings the encourager, he brings with him Barnabas, And for two years, God uses Barnabas and Paul to bring the gospel outside of Jerusalem. But here's what's amazing. When the next missionary journey was to go, Barnabas wasn't on it. God brought a necessary division between them. And so God begins to say, Barnabas, you don't go to Europe, but we're gonna use Silas on this one. I don't know why God chose Silas instead of Barnabas. Because the first battle that they were going to face when the gospel goes to Europe is they were going to go to jail and they were going to have to sing at midnight. And so I don't know, maybe Barnabas couldn't sing. I don't have any idea while Barnabas wasn't there. Or maybe if you put Barnabas in jail, the encourager becomes a complainer. I knew we shouldn't have done this. I knew we should have stayed where we were. I'm telling you on where we're going, there may be prisons, there may be difficulty, but you're going to get to sing in the midst of everything that is happening. And there will come a brand new song that will lift you up. I believe that God is going to do that. The Bible says in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, if people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they become blessed. So I wanna to give to you three challenges. Three challenges, write this down, because this, this goes online. Folks, online, I'm gonna to talk to you in just, I want you to stay with us, because this even deals with everyone in person and online. So here are the three challenges. Number one, we need you to commit to prayer. We need you to join us starting for January 22nd through the 25th for prayer and fasting. Let me just tell you this. This is important. See, vision without intercession becomes man's ambition. Let me say that again. Vision without intercession becomes man's ambition. Prayer begins to give God all the glory. It puts it in a realm that if God doesn't show up, we're in trouble. See, that's why this is so important. I want to encourage you, Wednesday nights, join the worldwide prayer meeting as we, as we begin to, 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 to put it online, live, as prayer requests come in from around the world. Join Pastor Carter every Wednesday night and join us every Tuesday night here at 6 p.m., one hour before our service at 7 o'clock on Tuesday night, we join in the sanctuary and we cry out to God one hour before that service. Let, may God make us a praying church. May, may, folks, let me just tell you something. Oil doesn't come, fresh oil doesn't come unless we're praying people, unless we cry out to God. One of the things that I wrote in my prayer journal that I try to say every time I pray was a quote, an old quote from a man named Walter Wink, and he says this, history belongs to the intercessors. History belongs to the intercessors. It's those that pray, the church that prays, is the thing that begins to move the needle and change history. We need you to commit to prayer. Let me give you a second thing. We need a volunteer army. We need a volunteer army to translate, to work with our children, ushers, next steps, production, choir, you can make a joyful noise. <laughs> Instruments, 212, working with Stan, the young people. My folks, those are just some things. Go to our website, sign up at tsc.nyc forward slash teams. Get that down and go tell me where you need me. The Bible says this your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. People will volunteer freely in the day of your power. And I'm, I'm going to do exactly what was asked of, asked of me to do. One of our creative team members, Caleb, his mom has been praying for us and sent to me a few months ago. And I'm going to read it to you under, uh, with thinking of volunteers and what's ahead. To think through prisons, to think through these YouTube channels, to think through Easter for New York City, to think through... Um, what's happening with next steps and what's happening with also with Summit? She wrote me this word of prophecy. She said she was praying, and I want to read it to you. What she said: Listen to her words. She said, Pastor Tim, God spoke this to me, and I want to just, I want to just send it to you, and you do as you wish. Here is, here's what she said: There is no vacancy in the kingdom, only opportunity, opportunity for others to step into the calling of God. Space is being created for more and more of my Holy Spirit, for more of my power, for more of my movement. This is a new day, a new chapter, new possibilities. Here it comes, listen to this church. Be wide open to who I will bring, for they are on their way. There's a filling up of spaces, new gifts, new talents, new vision. Call it forth, Pastor Tim. Call servants to my house. They're hearing me and some of them are wondering if it's my voice. Speak out with clarity that they will hear my voice and follow with courage and confidence. Call them to my house. I have new plans, new strategies for this next season. Open spaces. Give me room to move. There's no cause to worry or concern. I'm bringing them in. So I speak to you online. God is speaking to you. I speak to you in person. God is calling you for such a time as this because God's people will volunteer freely in a day of his power. Now here comes the hard one. Because I'm going to challenge you to pray. I'm going to challenge you to volunteer. Now, bear with me before I put this on the screen. Because this is what's important. I'm going to do what I've been asked to do by the Times Square Church board. I'm sharing this today because the board, the TSC board, who I'm accountable to, our general overseer and our TSC board said, we are asking you to speak this vision. Because everything I'm sharing with you, I shared with them at our annual board meeting. They said, please, Speak to us as a church. Give us the 2023 vision. Speak this to us. That's why this is unlike any other message I've spoken to us here. Because I do believe that the language of hooks and chains is coming to this country. But I want to be ready for a harvest. Because when God sends distress, there also comes an awakening. Let me say that again. When God sends distress, an awakening begins to happen. Because men realize there is not a politician, there's not a resource, there's there's not a court, there's nothing that can fix except people that call upon God. And I want to be ready for when that happens. I want to be ready from from our prisons to the to the nations around the world. I was reading this by A.W. Tozer. He says, we need a baptism of clear seeing. We need seers who can see through the midst. Christian leaders with prophetic vision. And this is what he says. Unless they come soon, it will be too late for this generation. And if they do come, we will no doubt crucify a few of them in the name of our traditions. So let me just tell you this. My armor's on. I'm ready for it. Let me just tell you that right now. So let me give you, because this is what I was commissioned to do. We just don't need volunteers, and we just don't need to pray. But here's the third thing that we need. We need exceptional generosity. Now let me, let me explain. I'm going to read to you what Pastor Carter told me. He says, tell the church this. We have not backslid because we're asking for generosity. These are Pastor Carter's words. Pastor Carter told me that to say, and he'll be here next week to fight for us. After I laid this out to the TSC annual board meeting, Pastor Carter and the board asked me to tell you, and they said, you need to ask them to be part of this. Folks, you have been amazing for generosity. And I know, this is the biggest fear that I had. I told it to some of our elders. I said, there has not been hardly any time because of the generosity we've ever asked for funds. I'm just gonna lay it out to you and let you decide. I'm I'm not making you do anything. Pastor Carter told me, he says, you tell TSC... When I was planning and we were planning to go on the greatest evangelistic rally to Nigeria with 500,000 people, he said, we asked the church. And in four days, $700,000 came in. Four days. So I have the commission of the board and Pastor Carter, and I'm just submitting to them and telling you what, what they told me to ask for. Well, not, They didn't tell me the amount. In fact, when I told Pastor Carter the amount, he says, ah, you're asking too low. So let me just tell you, because I want to ask you to pray about something, because in order to do all this stuff, and let me just say this to you, because I want you to hear this from me, because this is where the, where nonsense starts in the pulpits. If I stood up here and said, oh, if you don't give, we're not going to do it. Look at me for a second. We're doing this regardless of what any of you do. Let me just let you know that. So if you look at me and going, this church is all about money. Hey, that's okay. We're still doing it. So it doesn't matter. So I'm just letting you know. So if you're looking for a stop, it's not coming. We are doing this and believing God will provide every resource. Okay, I'm just letting you know now. So here it comes. This is not a tithe. Your tithe is 10%. That's why we're not passing the buckets at the end, but we'll give you a way to give. We're asking for a million dollars. It's a million dollars. It's a million dollars that I'm asking you. And I'm going to ask you to pray. Cindy and I are praying over these next four weeks. God, what do you want us to give? We're we're participating in this. I'm going to ask you to pray. And here's the breakdown. You ready for this? I'm going to give you the breakdown so you know exactly what's happening. Here it is. Those four YouTube channels, Spanish, Arabic, Chinese, and Indian, cost $25,000 a year to do it for for all of the um, interpreters, to get every message, everything we're doing. The prison broadcast. You ready for this? The prison broadcast um, is $50,000 per prison. Every prison we go in, we bring in all of our equipment, we bring everything there, and we can't can't take it back. We gift it to the prison. So we're not even taking the equipment back. Number three, to update us to cutting edge, we are already ahead of everything else, but to update technology for both the, the annex and also in here for what's going around the world is another 150 easter for new york city is 100 grand to bring in everything that we're going to do in lincoln center um, whether we're in lincoln center or central park or right here in times square times square uh, proper and finally i'm believing that god is going to help us with a half a million dollars for summit to raise to see the next generation raise and be sent out around the world none of this is padding our pockets folks listen to me none of this None of this is to buy me a car. I don't even own a car. Let me just tell you that right now. Some of you going like, oh, what kind of car do you drive? I drive the F train. That's my car. Can't afford the parking. I remember Mike Singletary, one of the Hall of Fame linebackers for the Chicago Bears, became the 49ers coach. He wears a cross, and they asked him about his cross that he wears. And he says, why do you wear that cross? Have you always done that? He goes, nope. Started wearing the cross after we won the Super Bowl. And they said, why? He goes, because I realized that when I climbed to the ladder to the top of my career and made it to the pinnacle of what I trained for years to do, which was the Super Bowl and hoisted up a Super Bowl trophy, Mike Singletary said, I realized there was nothing there. I realized that nothing was there for me. He said, and these were his words. He says, I realized I put the ladder against the wrong building. And when I got to the top, I found nothing. And he goes and says, I think success makes people realize that when they get to finally to the top, maybe there's something more. And he said, I did find something more. I found God and his kingdom when I switched ladders at that point. And that's why I just wanna challenge you today. Man, put your ladder against the right place. Like some of you have reached the top of the financial world, the acting world, the medical world. You've you've put your ladder against the educational world. You've reached the top in science, in technology. You've reached the top. And here's what I wanna let you know. I've talked with so many of these people. I've talked with those who've reached the pinnacle in sports. And in business and in all the things that they do and folks can i just tell you what the same thing is said every single time there's nothing at the top that when it's all said and done how many houses do you have to get how many cars can you actually drive and how much can you can you actually feel safe with let me just tell you something there is coming there is coming a storm to this country there is coming distress and all i'm going to tell you is this and when all of a sudden that awakening comes i'm telling you now I want to be ready as a church that when that awakening comes, we are already in the prison. We are already doing what we're supposed to do around the world. We're already doing for everything here in New York City. I want to be ready for training the next generation that we can do exactly what God has called us to do. God has called us to do. Folks, I, I, I want to leave a legacy. I want to go after a billion souls. I have to tell you this, you know, I wasn't planning on saying this, but I remember when the children of Israel were getting ready to go into the promised land, it says that they gave, they said a group of people said, you can't do it, they'll devour you. And all I thought about was this, the people that were saying you can't do it are living in a desert. They've been stuck for 40 years, and they're telling me what you can't do. They're saying, you can't go in there. I want to go, you got sand in your toes. You can't even move forward. You're stuck. So that's why I want to just tell people, the people that say we can't do it, I just want to ask you, where are you living? Because I want to be of the, I want to be of the company of Caleb that literally begins to look at what's happening and says these words. He says, then Caleb quieted the people and said, we should by all means go up, take possession, for we shall surely overcome it because our God is great. Hallelujah. So let me close with this. Let me just show you just a little bit of what God is doing around the world and what you're volunteering, you're praying, you're giving, has done just in 2022. Turn your attention to the screen. 2022, folks, I'm just telling you, walking into uncertainty is too much for me. It's too much for you. I need God. God is mighty. God is able. God cares. Can you believe for a billion souls think about this for a second an additional billion souls moves the needle to 42 percent of the planet how do you even think this way it's god taking it to the air even as we talk about connect groups those people next to you are critical to your growth in faith before our very eyes the world has changed in one night putin and the russian army invaded the sovereign nation of ukraine your generosity, we are sending resources, and that's what you're doing with God's help. We're so excited to continue to be a part of the transforming work God is doing in Miami, in Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Nigeria, in Bangladesh, in India, Ecuador, in Oklahoma, Honduras, Israel, in Indonesia, Tennessee, Colombia. Thank you for all your generosity. We are so appreciate your support and the prayers. Thank you very much. We are very grateful to you. We want to thank you Christ 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 church! Christ. Easter is the greatest event that has happened in human history. The story of the prodigal son is a story of resurrection. In three weeks, we are starting four days of prayer and fasting here at the church. Water baptism is people taking their next step after being born again, and you made it easier for that to happen. We have watched people get baptized, not only in person, but from around the world. Without further ado, let me introduce to you tonight with CC Winans' Christmas on Broadway. remember what the Lord your God has done and that in order to face the future you need to remember what God has done in the past and that God can still do it again Hallelujah. so as the musicians come I just want to just say this to you I want to challenge you to give before you leave this has nothing to do with your tithes and offerings thank you for what you've done you'll see a, an opportunity to give to, to all of this to see that million, we, we're, we, here's my promise to you. We are not gonna hammer this at you. We are moving forward. I will give you updates in the weeks to come, but you are not gonna hear this every single week. I'm just gonna tell you this is where we're at, this is what we're doing, and probably by four weeks, we'll be done. It'll just be a, a, a quick update. You deserve accountability, and I'll tell you where, where what, what's happening, what's come in, and I'll let God lead you. Some of you are praying what to do, and we just w- want you to continue to pray. And so I want to challenge you that you'll see it on the screen. You're going to see a QR code. When you leave, there'll be a QR code out there. And I want you to go ahead and say, God, what are you asking us to do? Maybe it is to sponsor a YouTube channel. Maybe it is to go ahead and say, we want to begin investing invest in the next generation. I've got four that are part of NextGen. I want to believe for the Lord to do all these things. This is not a, this is not, um, a message of money. Because That was the biggest thing that I I just kept thinking God please please this that you you've called us for such a time as this this is to win a billion souls a billion souls a billion souls a billion souls this is what God has called us to do that is this is the only pressure you're gonna get I want you to see the QR code it should be on the screen we should be putting it up there Um, and that is the the very thing that we just want you to be praying about we want you to ask the Lord what he wants you to do as we begin to put it up there. And that's it, that's all you're gonna get. You're not not getting anything else. No one's one's calling you, no one's hunting you down, going, why didn't you do this? We are going to do exactly what God has called us to do. And this is where we're going, but we want you to come along with us on this journey. We want God to begin to do this. That's what's gonna happen. So you'll see it up there for the Vision 2023, you'll see it up there, you can just use your phone, for, for those that are over 50, you hold your phone up there, with the camera, and you just hold. Some of you have been looking at that going like, is that like a game? Is that like a, a. so for all of you 50 and older, just hold your phone up there. Just hold it up, and it'll, it should take you to a link. Should, as soon as you hold it up there, a yellow thing comes up, and you hit that, and it takes you to a link. And it just shows you. That's all it is. That's all we're going to do. So look at me for a second. That's, that's your pressure. That's the biggest pressure you get from me. And from this point on, I'll keep you updated and a a, a gentle reminder, a quick update, but we're going to do what God's called us to do. I want to believe. So today we want to just say welcome to all of our Spanish watchers that are already on TSC Spanish. We want to say welcome to all of you. Um, we're gonna I can't wait in two weeks Nikki Cruz is with us so he's gonna begin to speak to you that is on so in the next three weeks you have pastor Carter I'll be back in the pulpit and then Nikki Cruz and then once we hit February biblical worldview a to Z will be starting and you've got to come getting ready to get equipped how many know the church needs to be equipped as we get ready to do this okay so here here it is now stand with me and I got to tell you one more Monday night football story I'm not even a football fan but I'm gonna tell you one more Monday night football story And then we got to close. We're, we're way over overtime. But let me just say this. A few months ago, the, the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Denver Broncos in overtime. And, and it all happened. The Chargers won because their injured kicker made four field goals in the game. His name was Dustin Hopkins. He, re, he injured his kicking leg and re-injured it. Um, On the first field goal of the game and every time he would kick a field goal he literally you see pictures of he would fall to his knees in writhing pain and literally would happen three more times as he was kicking a field goal the game went into overtime and guess who made his fourth field goal to win the game was the 32 year old Dustin Hopkins made a 39 year old 39 yarder to lift the Chargers past the Broncos, 1916. So here's my favorite part. So they interviewed him after the game. And they said, how do you feel, Dustin? He said, the first thing I want to just say is thank you to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for saving me and for changing my life. It's the first thing. And so the the announcer goes, but how do you feel after kicking the game-winning field goal? He says, I got so much to be thankful for apart from football. He said so when something like this happens, he said, I'm grateful. But he looked and he looked to Americans at this. He says, But whether I made it or not, I'm blessed either way. I'm a blessed man either way. He said it just doesn't matter. So he says, it feels good to make it, but he said, But if I didn't, I go home and I'm a blessed man because Jesus Christ has changed my life. You know what? I'm telling you. The us on the stage, we all know that. We all know it It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We may mess up. We may blow it. But can I just tell you something? We're blessed because God is with us. God is with us. Some of you live your lives that you got to kick the field goal every single time. Can I just help you about life? You're going to miss some field goals. You're going to miss it sometimes. But when you are in Christ, it doesn't matter. You just go, God, it doesn't matter. My success my life, my future is not dependent upon if I fail, blow it, if I miss it, but my life, my joy is found in one thing. I'm in relationship with Jesus Christ. It's the one thing. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and bow your heads for one, for one moment. This is part of winning a billion souls. I don't want to ever miss this opportunity. Some of you already know my heart. This has nothing to do with simply finances, but I'm doing what my board has asked me. I'm doing this out of accountability, but I'm doing this because this is a, a vision that God has put on our heart to touch, to touch the planet. And so all I'm going to ask is this. Some of you are here today, and you're only happy when the ball goes through the, goes through the uprights. You're only happy when you're successful. When I landed the job or I got accepted to this university or I made it to the master's program or they said yes to my scholarship, those that are watching online, yes, I made it. They're hiring me for this financial organization. Or or they, the, the man has finally asked me to marry him. My significance comes because now I get to be a wife and eventually a mother. And we put everything in that. And I have to tell you, those those though there is a rejoicing in those things, when you get to the top of that ladder, it's, hard. it's it, there's nothing there. It's only found in Christ. I have people telling me sometimes going like I'm so sad being single. Listen, you get sad being married. If you think singleness is sad, have kids. Here's the thing. We don't find our approval in people jobs or money, we find it in Christ. That's where we find it. And my job is I want a a billion people to put their ladder on the right wall. I want them to find Christ. I want them to climb. I don't care if it's here or wherever. I just want to make sure they find Christ. And if you're sitting here today, you're watching online, I want to give you the opportunity to pull that ladder and go, because some of you are at the top of that ladder. Some of you are at the top of the ladder in the sports industry. Some of you are at the top of the ladder as a sports agent. Some of you are sitting here today. You're at the top of your ladder in Broadway. You're at the top of your ladder on Wall Street. And I'm here to tell you that today, today, you're realizing, man, there's nothing up there. But today, you can find it in Christ. You can find it in Jesus. And today, that can happen for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to invite you to one of the most incredible relationships you can ever have. Jesus calls it being born again. Born again. Just as you had a first birth physically, Jesus says you can have a second birth spiritually. It's when God comes on the inside and changes you from the inside out. It happens by first admitting we are sinners. Then believing that God sent his son 2,000 years ago to die and fix that condition. And then see, confessing him as Lord and saying, you're in charge of my life now. You put the ladder wherever you want it to be, but I want my life with you. So whether I'm hitting field goals or missing field goals, whether I land the part on Broadway or don't land it, whether my, whether my hedge fund company is doing that, whatever it is, we're going to realize today that that's not where our significant comes. It comes only in Jesus himself, Jesus himself. And if you're here today and say, Pastor Tim, I'm realizing my ladder's on the wrong wall, but today... I want to find God today. I want to walk with God. I want to be born again with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm gonna pray a born again prayer that starts you on a journey with God. The only thing I ask you to do is just to simply pray it from your heart. I'm not gonna invite you to come down because as we get ready to close today, but if you're here today and say, Pastor Tim, when you pray that prayer, balcony, main floor, you go going, I've been to the top of that ladder and like Mike Singletary, I'm finding out it's not there. But today, I sense something that I never sensed before. I'm Sensing a peace. I'm Sensing a joy. I want that. It's not in this church. It's not found in the music here or the preaching. It's found not in the people. It's found in Jesus. In Jesus. And if you're here today, I say, Pastor Tim, when you pray that born-again prayer, would you make me part of that? I want to start a journey today with God. Without any hesitation, if that's you, every head bow, every eye close. If that's you, Hold up your hand as high as you can. Just say, put me in that prayer today. Hold it up high. I want to make sure I see every hand. Keep them up. That's awesome. Keep them up. I see you. I see you. I see you over there, back there, over there, over there, over there. over there. Yes, I got you over there. That's fantastic. In the back, over there, over there. Balcony. I want to make sure I see every hand. Got you over there. That's fantastic. All the way back there. That's awesome. Can we pray this together with all these hands that are up? Come on, say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God i believe that on the cross you took my sin my shame and my guilt and you died for it you faced hell for me so i wouldn't have to go you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven a purpose on earth and a relationship with your father today lord jesus i turn from my sin to be born again God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. And be sure to subscribe so you can receive new messages each week. Visit tsc.nyc for all the latest info on how you can stay connected. Also, Don't forget that you can follow us on social media on all major platforms at Times Square Church. Thanks for tuning in today. Have a great week.